We're going back to college this month on Devil Times 5. Bloody Moon, the Dawn of Drip Blood, and a whole lot more. Hello, welcome to episode 3 of Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast. I'm Cliff, and joining me in the staff room as ever are CJ, Sarah, Holly, and Richard. Hey. Oh, hi. This month's theme is school slashers, schools, colleges, universities, that kind of thing. So after the success of last month's animal attack anecdotes, did anyone ever have a slasher at their school? <laughs> I had a slash. <laughs> you had a slash? <laughs> a few times a day. I um, went to school with someone who turned out to be a murderer. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Oh, um, shit. I think it was the year above me and he, um, his dad was the deputy headmaster at the time, went on to be the headmaster and his mum also taught at the school and a few years ago, maybe seven, six, seven years ago, he killed them both. What? <laughs> I know. Did it make a movie about it? A TV movie? <laughs> but born to kill? <laughs> that was an old. That was a. What? That, that, was a weird. that didn't really work. That was a. That was an old school callback. Um, to when we when we met up with Holly and Richard at the uh, pub, and Holly had just been watching yeah. the Born to Kill series, to kill, but it's yeah. called Born to Kill with a question mark. Question mark. So yeah. we're all like Born to Kill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Channel Five yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 cut that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no one will get that. Uh, right, so before we put our school uniforms on, uh, let's talk about our highs and lows of the last month of horror movie viewing. So, who should we start with? CJ, what film gets the prefect badge and which film gets 100 lines? All right, uh, prefect badge this month is going to go to The Void, uh, which is the new movie by those guys uh, whose name I always forget Ast- Astron 6. The yes. guys who did oh, the, right, the editor and Manborg and all that. Um, uh, a couple of those guys have now done The Void, which is sort of like From Beyond meets Assault on Precinct 13. Uh, a bunch of people get trapped in a hospital. There are some hooded figures outside keeping them in. And there is some Lovecraftian hijinks uh, going on inside. And it is great it's just full of gooey prosthetic grossness of the, of the highest order uh from start to finish pretty much it was exactly the kind of horror film that i enjoy so does it play straight or is it another one of their spoofs no no no, no it plays it straight um it's cool. yeah yeah very straight um i mean it's not you know it's not exactly high art but um but it but it, yeah it's just a straight up no nonsense supernatural horror film uh which i haven't oh. seen one like that for a long time and it really I'm works. excited about it. And you're low? I'm going to go with I Am Not a Serial Killer. Right. I don't know if anybody else has seen that yet. Yes. Uh, really? Yes, I have. Yeah, I, like I, I just bored the piss out of me. It was so slow and mumbly and, oh, God, nothing happened. And then when it did, it was absurd. Uh, I, I just could not get into it at all. I've kind of forgotten it already, you know. I only watched it, I only watched it like, I think, Thursday, um, two days ago, whatever. So, um, it is very mumblecore, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Um, I just don't like that whole kind of vibe. Me neither. Uh, there's some good gore in the, the autopsy scenes because the character is like a mortician's assistant mm. and there's bodies that have been chopped up being found around town. So, there's some, yeah, there's some good gory bits. I quite, quite like the serial killer character. 
I liked I liked the movie. I liked that it combined sort of uh, my interest in true crime and horror, you know, because it, it turns into like a straight up horror movie once the reveal twist sort of happens. And I like how he played a sociopath. You know, he was a sociopath, but he knew he was a sociopath and he was, you know, kind of interested in what made other people, like people with emotions work. And I just thought that was interesting. <sighs> I think I've I've met met too many people like that. Um, too many work in IT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All computer programmers—they're all like that. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't know. I just uh, I just found that character really really hard to engage with. I think I went to school with about three kids like that as well, and it was just oh, I, I don't know. Couldn't get into it. And Christopher Lloyd was uh, unintelligible. He did the Tom Hardy I Bane really voice. I really liked him in that. He was my favorite part of the movie. Mm. <laughs> I liked him. But, yeah, I mean, it's clearly one of those movies that is going to divide, I, I think. I didn't think it was great, but I liked it. Um, well, Holly, let's move on to you. Okay. Um, I don't know what a prefect badge or whatever the hell you said was, but... Do you not have okay. prefects in American high schools? I don't know. My, my smelly sticker goes to... <laughs> Probably. Uh, Sorry, did you give out smelly stickers? <laughs> you guys didn't have give out smelly you didn't, stickers. <laughs> you didn't get like scratch yeah. stiff stickers, like you would oh, scratch right. them. Oh right, okay. Like... Oh, so that's a good thing. That's... Yeah. Wow. Oh right. That's really weird. <laughs> okay. I thought you meant the teacher gave gave the, good the bad kids a, t- a sticker that said smelly. <laughs> <laughs> Prefect badge was like a little piece of metal that got pinned to your blazer, uh, and if you're yeah. a prefect, it meant that you could like boss around other kids because you were like so a the sociopath had them. Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. We get the the badges and boss people around. You dicks. <laughs> so your smelly sticker. <laughs> <laughs> My highlight would go to the rewatch of the House on Sorority Row. Because every time I watch that movie, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's not just one of my favorite slashers. It's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I love that movie. And uh, my low light is probably Cry Wolf. That was (laughs) painful to finish. Absolutely painful. I hated that movie so much. (laughs) Shall we talk about those films later? Shall we try and get onto them? So, Richard. Again, I'll keep it... um to the theme of the episode. My highlight would have to be a rewatch of 1984's The Initiation slasher movie, uh, which you know, introduced Daphne Zuniga, or Zuniga uh, even though she did pranks like four years before Initiation. So, But, you know, that was kind of a student film, so I guess it didn't count. I like The Initiation. Yeah, I remember liking it, but then I watched it again, I was like, whoa, this is really good. I thought the, the um, sort of the... the big secret that was going to be revealed at the end was so blatant that it was like it didn't it was hardly worth them trying to pretend that there was something else going on so when there was a twist it totally threw me because it was not the twist I was expecting no oh I was going to oh yeah I thought you were going to say you knew exactly what was going on I had no idea I know I I just it totally threw me yeah I remember a twist but I didn't remember the details and yeah I was surprised it was good and low light Probably a rewatch of um, Bill Heinzman's The Majorettes from 87. Bill Heinzman played uh, uh, Cemetery Zombie and Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. 
And the movie, of course, is based on uh, John Russo's novel, Major Rats. And that's the one that's got, um, is the title sequence a skeleton yeah. spinning a Major yeah, Rat battle? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Cool. yeah. That's the only good thing about the movie, <laughs> it's pretty cool. the title card. <laughs> and well, that, that's the reason why uh, Bill Heinzman wanted to make the movie, was because he liked the cover yes. of John Russo's book. Aww. And he thought, this will sell. <laughs> He probably didn't even read the book, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't blame him. It's barely a slasher movie. There's some killings, and then it turns out to turns into an action revenge movie. About the halfway point, it's yeah, awful stuff. Is it as bad as Zombie Nosh, which was his other film of the year? That one's better, actually. Really? That one's fun. The way you said that, CJ, <laughs> makes it sound like some sort of horror theme. <laughs> Zombie, Zombie Nosh. <laughs> Flesh eater, right? This one, sorry? It's known as Flash. Is it? No, it's like, right. Flash yes, sorry. Flash I think Ditko yeah. released it over here as Zombie yeah. Nosh. Zombie Nosh. <laughs> Zombie that one's... what? Nosh. Nosh. What is that? What does that mean? Well, it's, it, it's a noun or a verb, depending on how you use it, but basically uh, to eat something. Um, so if you're using it as a noun, you might say, I would like some nosh, which would mean I would like some food. Whereas if you're using it as a verb, you might say, she noshed him. Which would probably mean she had a oh blowjob. Yeah. <laughs> Going for a nosh right. could be either <laughs> ambiguous, you know. Yeah. I always wonder about that title. I had no idea what, what it meant. So but thank no, you. No, no. It's, 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 today really is like a school education. Isn't school, it? yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're all learning so much. Back in school. Every day's a school day. <laughs> My low is The Love Witch, sadly, because I was looking forward to it a lot. And um, I actually watched Annabella's previous film, um, Viva, right before. And that gave me enough warning that I wasn't into her style. But it looks amazing. It's beautiful, beautifully made. She's obviously incredibly talented because like, she does the costume design and set design and props and some of the music and the editing. And she's a very talented woman, but her stories are just dire. There's just, nothing happens. Yeah. They're too long. The, the Viva's over two hours long. The Love Witch is two hours long. It's so slow. All the scenes run on too long. So boring. And it was very, very disappointing. I, I agree with every yeah, word. completely. <laughs> I'm just really upset because it, it sounded so much like it, I was going to love it. And then and then it's just yeah. so boring. I don't really even have any yeah. interest in watching it, honestly. Oh, save, save yourself two hours. Just don't do yeah. it. You could just yeah. like look at some stills and enjoy the production yeah. design. Yeah. And then Pretty that's much, all yeah. you need, really. Yeah. I don't see why it's getting such. I think I think it's a bit Emperor's New Clothes, and that because it's because um, it's very slow, uh, not a lot happens, but it uses a lot of big words. I think people are frightened that they might it might be above them, and if they don't say that they love it, then uh... you can definitely project mm. your own meaning onto it because it has no meaning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and my high is the woman, uh, Lucky McKay's Ooh. film, which is a <laughs> yeah. <there we> go. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I was so surprised to agree with you on The Love Witch and now it's all gone wrong yeah. again. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's his sequel to a little scene uh, home invasion splatterfest called Offspring, but it takes a completely different tack and it's it's called The Woman, but it should be called The Man, really, because it's about a man who abducts this um, woman from that he finds, you know, living a life in the woods and uh, tries to get here, tries to, with his family, civilise her by <laughs> chaining her up in his barn and um, just abusing her, basically. It's a, 
fucking clunking ham-fisted allegory for like the horrors of the patriarchy and in that sense is a pretty stupid film it's just so it really hits you over the head with it there's no subtlety at all but the way that the character of the man is revealed over the course of the film and like it starts off seeming like a reasonable guy and then as it goes on peels layers away of his character and you realize what a monster he is i thought that was done in a really clever way so you could go back to the start and think uh, the clues are all there um so it was partly stupid but i also, also felt partly really clever as per tradition my high is something that cj hates <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, i hated on. it i mean I, it's been a while since i saw it so my, my rage has died down I, I remember as you say the the allegory is super clunky um, I think it doesn't work at all to make the point that he thinks it's trying to make. I, I think it's really quite relentless in its depiction of sexual violence towards women, um, and the revenge that she inevitably takes is is very cartoonish by comparison, which I think is quite telling about maybe <laughs> Lucky McKee's approach to things uh, and I think what really really killed it the most was the soundtrack which I don't know if that was just one of his mates on MySpace who had a demo but the oh, rock yeah. blues songs that are really really high in the mix when everything else is really low fucking hell that must be the worst soundtrack I've ever heard it is really stuck in my mind um, Sarah? Hello um, yes yeah, so my highlight uh, this month is a rewatch of uh, Dario Argento's Phenomena, which I remembered oh. was nuts, but I sort of forgotten how nuts it was, and yeah, just really, really enjoyed that. Um, there's going to be a new 4K restoration of it out imminently, I think, which is why I watched it, and yeah, amazing. I mean, it is, it is amazing. Brilliant. It is brilliant. Yeah. It's probably his last brilliant film. Yeah. I don't know. No. Yeah. No, no, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, like, I really like I really like Jalo, but Phenomena is his last proper proper good film. Um, opera, yeah. opera, I would say, is the last. Opera it's looks last beautiful, but it's it's really really silly. Oh, it's so yeah. silly. Yes, I think opera really suffers from. Um, I don't know if they just got a cheap load of dubbing artists to do it, or if just the the people who were really good at dubbing Italian films had moved on by that point. But the, the dubbing voices are, is bad. There are, on, on opera. There are two different dubs. English dubs. Are there really? Yeah, there are. Yes, there is. Ooh. Where, where would one get the superior dub? I don't know which one is superior, but I know the Arrow, at least the DVD release, um, had two, three different soundtracks. I believe right. one Italian, two English. Right. I could be wrong. Um, uh, and what's your low, Sarah? Uh, my low is a Korean school slasher called The Record, uh, which is basically straight up, I know what he did last summer. Um but stupider and more annoying. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that one either. <laughs> if such a thing, if such a thing is possible. But yeah, the waste of life. Yeah, I agree. It's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, I, I think con contextually, I think it was just supposed to be. I know what you did last summer, but made to appeal to a Korean teenage audience. So yeah, but right, okay. So spoilers. Well, spoilers. Not real spoilers. Um, but the 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 sort of inciting incident. So in I know what you did last summer. It's that they 
accidentally drunkenly hit someone and run him over which is a thing that you could imagine happening possibly uh in the record they stage some kind of like prank murder where they like burst in on this kid and pretend to murder him on camera but actually murder him by stabbing him to death and you're like that is not a thing that's not that's a thing. what happens <laughs> in like, Korea like, like they literally stab him repeatedly and then afterwards go oh I thought this was blunt it's like what, what have you not noticed what like but then to make it worse they think he's dead there but it turns out he's not dead but by the time they figure out he's not dead it's because they've set him on fire and he gets up and starts running covered in flames and falls off a cliff you guys are making it sound amazing just so you know yeah Yeah, that I don't remember I I didn't hate it I I thought it was quite fun Uh, it was awful all right well that's our highs and lows Uh, so let's move on to this month's theme of school slashers let's go back to school Literally couldn't think of anything else to, to play at that point. Wow. Really obvious. Yeah. Yeah. This one's first feature is Bloody Moon, directed in 1981 by Jesus Franco, a man who'll give you nightmares if he goes on telling his horror stories. He has quite a repertoire of chilling tales. Eva's been murdered. That's nonsense. He wants to kill me too. Bloody Moon. Summer nights filled with horror. A killer whose lust for blood will stop at nothing. Nights of blood, nights of terror that will leave you breathless. (coughs) Young girls in search of love and adventure become the prey of a bloodthirsty killer. I'm dying to sleep with him. I can't wait till tonight. I wish you were here now. Fear will grip you on this holiday of terror. A dream vacation becomes a nightmare. Bloody Moon, a film you won't soon forget. Shortly after a disturbed and disfigured killer is allowed to return to his family's language school where he murdered a student five years ago, a girl becomes convinced that her friends are being killed on campus. So, uh, Bloody Moon, Jesus Franco. Um, it's one of my favourite films by him, probably my favourite. Uh, who is a fan of Bloody Moon? Oh, I, I am. I love it. Yay. <laughs> this is split along UK-Norway lines. I'm, I'm not a fan. <laughs> it's actually with Bloody Moon. I'm, I'm, I think there's some really good bits and other bits that don't work so well. Well, shall we sort of have an overview? Um, I mean, it's a, it's a German film, despite being shot in uh, Kalp. Uh, by Jesus Franco. Yeah, one of the one of the things I love about it is the the dialogue is just mental. <laughs> the, certainly on the English dub, everyone speaks so fast. They're really packing, and I don't understand. I've watched I've watched it with the original German um, soundtrack, and I don't quite understand why it was translated to try and fit more information than you can possibly fit into each line. <laughs> so everyone just has to speak at this ridiculous breakneck speed and say silly things like, why are you gawping at me? Who do you think I am? Frankenstein's daughter? <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? I love the name of the school. Do you remember it, Cliff? Oh, do I? No. It's called Go on. International Youth Club Boarding School of Languages. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, catchy. Right next to Disco Club. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I think one thing that I need to raise right now about Bloody Moon is that even though technically it is a school slasher because it's set at a school of languages, that ain't no school. 
come on. I mean, that is like a holiday <laughs> resort. That is not. Well, this, yeah, this is one school. of those Euro, Euro sleeve schools, isn't it? Where most of the day is spent sitting <laughs> in a swimming pool and there's about eight women and there's the students yeah. and that's it. They were definitely in a language lab in the scenes, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, they sit there for about an hour a day with headphones on while talking Spanish and then uh, go lazy by the pool a bit, go to the disco, <laughs> get slashed up. What's even better than the uh, dialogue is the fashion. Mm. Yes. Yeah, the fashion yeah. is amazing. Outfits. Phenomenal. The sweaters so and the leather. Oh, the, the Grace Jones yeah. sweater was fantastic. Yes. <laughs> really, really good. Yeah, there's some good clothes in that film. Uh, anyway, because it's a, a slasher film, I feel that what we need is a body count. Body count. Body count. One. So the first person to die is in that opening scene uh, with the, uh, the dance, the outdoor party thing. And an unnamed student thinks she's going off with her boyfriend wearing a Mickey Mouse mask. I think it's good of Walt Disney to license the, the Mickey Mouse mask. <laughs> um, and she's stabbed with scissors by the first of, I think, four killers in this film. I think four different people do killings. So that's Miguel, the guy with the pasty face. So good makeup on Miguel, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I've seen worse. It's consistent. With a meringue. Throughout the movie. You know, it doesn't like move anywhere or get bigger or smaller. It's consistent. True, true. Um, but that, that stabbing with the scissors is quite, quite excessive, isn't it? Yeah. It, it basically turns her into mush. Yeah, I think there's one shot where you get the classic Franco zoom into the giant hole in her stomach. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Um, really getting in there, isn't it? Frank, well, Franco did a lot of zooms into all sorts of holes, didn't he? He did, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I love that. What's that film he did about um, a woman with a talking anus? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I can't remember what it's called. I'm but... not sure I've seen no, that one. No, and it's certainly not one I'm going to be watching on the train to work anytime soon. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, so that's the first murder. Two. Um, then you got Countess Maria, who gets lit on fire. Uh, anything to say about Countess Maria's death? No, I, I like her reveal more, I think, once you see... It's weird that like you see her get torched, and then it's almost as if you're supposed to think that she's still alive, mm, even yeah. though you've seen her being killed. And yeah. then there's a big reveal that actually she's dead. It's like, well, yeah. Well, she's dead. There's a few shots where she's been <laughs> pushed around in a wheelchair, aren't there? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Right, so that's Countess Maria. Three. Then we've got Ava. She's the one who goes to borrow a jumper and then gets a knife. A knife with a fucking extendable blade, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it goes through her back and out of her nipple. Yeah. Oi. I mean, good aim. Uh, it's, it's exactly what what the public wanted from the, from that kind of film, I think. It's like yeah. they've just gone, yeah, we want, some, we want some tits, we want some stabbings. How can we do this in one go? Let's... <laughs> I think it plays a little bit into... Franco wanted it to be more of, like, have a little bit of a humorous tone to it. And I think it kind of plays into that. You think it's humorous that she gets... (laughs) Well, I mean, because it's ridiculous. Sicko are you, Holly Horror. That could could never actually happen, you know, like that precise you know it's, yeah. it's ridiculous it's over the yeah i mean it just i mean that that knife cuts through everything in yeah. less yeah. than a yeah. second it just goes straight in yeah. straight out it's not realistic in the slightest and it's funny how her friend who finds her body tells everyone she was stabbed in the yeah. breast she was stabbed in the breast she wasn't she was stabbed in the back well yeah <laughs> stabbed in the breast <laughs> 
<laughs> and everyone just tell, of course but th- this is like real life all the guys are like oh you're just imagining it it's <laughs> fine you're reading too many detective novels <laughs> oh that, let's let's talk about that detective novel that she's oh, reading man. that is fantastic That's amazing isn't it i think the novel that she's reading if you look at it is i think it's called poe is dead poe is uh, something yeah. like yeah. that no yeah, poe must, po must die poe must die but yeah, Poe must, po must die. die. Yeah, that's the one. Poe must die. Yeah, which is a, a time traveling thing where I think Edgar Allan Poe investigates murders and, and such. But the the line that she's reading uh, is not from any book that has been published ever. <laughs> it's so amazing. I can't he remember the exact words. To, he but... couldn't wait to penetrate her bungalow. <laughs> <laughs> also, round round about this time, there's that brilliant bit where um, Angler is. Um, sees a shadow of a silhouette at the door of a man, of like a big hulking man, and she opens it, and there's a little boy. There's the comedy yeah. again that he wanted. Yeah, yeah maybe. maybe. Well, there's, it is. I, I, the, uh, there's, there's an interview on the Blu-ray where Franco talks about that and uh, says he wanted to add, in his words, some salt and pepper to the bland yes. German <laughs> script that had been given. That's right, salt and pepper. And that was the example he gave of the, the little boy's shadow, yeah. which is classic <laughs> yeah. Franco. Oh, wow. I don't know if that was done for real with some clever lighting because it does work. Mm, it's really yeah. good. Is but, it a comedy? That is it. Is it really intentional? I think it just. Yeah, I think it has yeah, yeah, humorous yeah. undertones. I don't think it was supposed to be like explicitly a, a horror comedy, but it just had that vibe, like a, a little bit of humor to it. Soften it up. A well, bit. it would explain our next victim, wouldn't it? Four. Inga, mad Inga, who does all that bouncing around on the bed. To try and trick her mates into thinking she's getting laid. (laughs) And her friends go and look through the window to play a trick on her. What is the trick? Just spying on her having a shag? Yeah, just just peeping on her. Just being fucking creeps. (laughs) (laughs) And then, so desperate for a shag, she goes off with simply a bloke in a mask in his car. (laughs) 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 And then when he ties her up in a sawmill... She thinks it's a sex game. <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, it's so stupid. I mean, you talk about fucking idiotic characters in horror films, but fucking Hellinger. <laughs> oh, I love her so much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Poor Inga. She's <laughs> brilliant. It really makes me laugh. Exactly, um, and I think that was—I think that was intentional. Yeah, some of it. Yeah, maybe. Some. Maybe. Good kill, though. Oh yeah, brilliant yeah. special effects there. Mm. Yeah, done. Yeah, I, I remember seeing not an obvious plastic dummy at all. Well, I remember seeing that <laughs> well, on VHS and thinking it looked pretty good. It, it was only watching it on Blu-ray where I really noticed how plastic that head is um, and how long yeah. they linger on it when they really yeah. shouldn't have done. I definitely uh, think there's an argument for some films not being remastered and not being put on Blu-ray yes. ever. I agree. And then straight after Inga, five, we get the funniest kill. Of the film, <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love a dead child <laughs> in a horror film? Oh, he's brilliant, isn't he? He tries to save Inga. I I, I almost feel like this I mean I guess this whole section should come with a spoiler alert but specifically that kill is amazing because you just 
do not see it coming. Like the kid's thinking he's doing a good deed, <laughs> and then you think, oh, he's getting away. He's going to tell someone, and then <laughs> splat. <laughs> And I'm sure Franco just leaves the camera running as the kid's just there on the floor, like, <laughs> dead. <laughs> and it's, it's just it. so inappropriate and sudden and irrelevant to anything else. Like, the fact that that kid dies has no bearing on anything else in the film. No one mentions it again. That's it. <laughs> Franco killed a kid for the hell of it. <laughs> oh, Sarah, are you coming round to it now? It's time to enjoy his bloody thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, oh, we should probably mention the snake. <laughs> oh. I, don't, I can't remember if that's now or in a bit, but um, yeah, that's a bit comes out of the blue as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Seriously. Really unpleasant. Anyway, it's um, educational though, isn't it? You find out how long a, head, a snake's head survives oh, after being shot. Oh. horrible I though. I, think, I, 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 I think didn't it really like that. It takes away some of the fun of the, the movie because yeah. it's such a I goofy agree. movie. Uh, yeah, I agree. Ooh, I, that's like the only scene I could be without. Even though the uh, garden chair thing in front of her face is cool, that's used for one of the posters. Yeah. But yeah. cutting the snake's head off? Uh, come on. Is it yeah. necessary? It isn't very, is it? Um, ignoring the snake. Six. We've got Laura. Um, yeah, Laura. Uh, what is that that she is killed with? It's like. Oh, the uh, thing around the neck. Yeah. Great big metal thing. Yeah, what is it? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. And then, and then the then the sinister gardener, who's one of my favourite sinister gardeners <laughs> in all, all of slashes, because he just looks like a fucking nutshell, doesn't he? Uh, <laughs> and then he, he gets it, and he goes, <laughs> I, I love all the creepy red herrings in the movie. Like, there's so many like creepers creeping in around, and I think everybody in the movie says something like, "You'll pay for this. I'll get you all <laughs> for this." At yeah. some point. Uh, which is great because obviously none of them are going to be the killer, but it's just a bit of colour. Well, Sinister Gardener. Is there a, can you think of any film where the Sinister Gardener ends up being the killer? The Love Butcher. Really? <laughs> wow. Wow, that was like that. Huh? Wow. But you know, his you know who's the killer from the yeah. opening scene, pretty much. It's from his oh, right. perspective, okay, but... so that doesn't really count. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Sinister Gardeners. There's a uh, they're just they're just brilliant. They're my favourite thing. It's because because they've always got like sharp sharp tools. <laughs> and they're always they always seem to be a bit wrong in the head as real life gardeners can be I suppose I love how um, some some podcasts try to intellectualise horror films like this and really sort of go deep uh, and, and here's Cliff just going oh I love Sinister Gardeners because they've got really sharp tools and they're a bit wrong in the head <laughs> <laughs> Got a media studies degree, you so know. So true. It's so true, though. But uh, you know, I you know who I like more than the sinister gardener is the creep janitor. There's always like a creep janitor mm. mopping the mm. floors, yeah. like checking out the girls, and and you always kind of think like, could he be, you know, the killer? But sort of the same vein as the gardener. Seven. So then it's Miguel's turn because Angela thinks that he's the killer, and so she stabs him through the neck. Not too memorable. It gets stabbed through the neck, doesn't die for a while. Comes back. And then we've got. Eight. The actual killer. And that's a good one because uh, Manuela slices his belly open with a hedge trimmer. So we did see the gardener with the hedge trimmer earlier and it gets used. <laughs> so just not by the gardener. Chekhov's hedge trimmer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chekhov's hedge trimmer indeed. And the last one. Nine. 
is Manuela, who gets strangled to death by Miguel. There we go, nine, <laughs> body count of nine. Let's see if our other feature uh, matches or beats that. One more thing I really want to mention about Bloody Moon is, uh, I, I alluded to it earlier actually, is I don't think there's another slash film in history that has quite so many uses of the word bungalow. One. We've only been discussing the organization of the bungalows. Two. Not one bungalow, not one pizzetta. Three. In the old cart, bungalow number 13. Four. A girl in the very same bungalow was murdered. Five. Do you think you can make it over to my bungalow a little later? Six. Feverishly trying to penetrate the bungalow. Seven. Let me look inside the bungalow. Eight. I looked everywhere for Ava at the port in her bungalow. Nine. Manuela is the niece of the old Countessa. Who owns all of this? Bungalows. The- there we go. Bungalows. <laughs> wow. The word has lost all meaning now. What do you What do you guys think of the score? The guitar. Very repetitive, but I love it. Yeah. yeah. Did Ooh. you remember the part of the interview, CJ, where Franco says that they told him oh. they were going to get Pink yeah. Floyd? Pink Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, because they are, of course, the best band of the time." <laughs> then I got there. Uh, no so Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pink Floyd's gonna score your movie. Yeah. Yep. Uh the the sort of Halloween of the genre is prom night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Halloween of the genre, definitely. You don't like Halloween then? No, I just mean it's just a fucking Halloween ripoff. <laughs> oh right, yeah. <laughs> well it is, yeah. Richard, you're a big champion of prom night. I am, yeah. I'm probably the only one who prefers it to the sequels, I guess. I assume everyone loves part two. Hello, Mary. Yeah, part two is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like part two, but uh, something about... I love the simple, you know, kind of generic, especially early 80s slashers. And you got Jamie Lee Curtis and Leslie Nielsen. I mean, it's not to love. Leslie Nielsen isn't isn't in it very much, though. Well, isn't it enough? I think a lot of his scenes were cut, weren't they? Um, I think there's more more Leslie Nielsen in the TV version. Yeah, that's that's true. So wait, they they did a version that somehow was even slower with less horror and yeah. more, more dialogue. Because, <laughs> yes. I mean, let's face it, it does not get going until it the end. It takes a while. Really. Yeah. 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 It does. No, but... About 45 but. minutes, but that's most slashers. No, 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 it's an hour. I actually, I timed it Is on it the DVD hour? player. The first murder happens uh, one hour in. Well, the first murder's in the beginning. Well, is that a murder or is it death by yeah. misadventure? It's still yeah. death. <laughs> the f- the first slash uh, happens an hour. Around. I don't think it's a super slow first hour. I mean, I like the characters. I didn't mind seeing yeah. them go about their yeah. Know, there's a nice, daily there's lives. A good mix of characters. Like yeah. there's some nice people, some hateable people. Um, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is really good in it. Um, her little bits of where she's dancing, practicing her dance moves. I think mm-hmm. really, she's really good. A good dancer. Um, it's a great disco. So songs. yeah, although it does take an hour, it's a good hour. Yeah. It's a fun hour to watch. I enjoyed it. I think it was just that weird obsession that the late seventies had with the nineteen fifties. Um, but that oh, that went all through the eighties too. But you like ha- but you like uh, prom night too. That's very yeah, that's it, even it, more fifties. No, no, no. But, but but I think it's different because I think in the late seventies there was this kind of weird, unironic fetishism, almost as if pop culture got so out of control in the seventies and so like violent and sexual that that there was this. Uh, especially in music as well, there was a lot of throwbacks to to fifties uh, towards the the end of the the punk boom because people were like, oh, we need to kind of tone this down a bit. Um, and I feel like in the eighties it was it was done 
more through an ironic lens, like especially in Prom Night 2, the, the 50s uh, shtick in it is, is all pastiche. Um, I, can't, I can't really think of what's real 50s about the first Prom Night, though. I, th- I think it's more 50s in spirit. It's, it's so than... 70s, it's so disco. Yeah, with those disco songs that are yeah. like total pastiches. I don't know how they didn't get sued for, like, especially that I Will Survive copy. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were sued. <laughs> Oh, were they? Yeah, they were sued. <laughs> right. wow. Good. Yeah. They, they expected to be sued, and they were sued, and they settled out of court. Oh, right. Yeah. But they're all they're they're also clean cut. They're all like really, ugh, just disgustingly clean cut. <laughs> Not really. I mean, the there's the, the guy with the windowless van that has hollowed out books full of joints. And, <laughs> I mean, that's not real 50s, is it? Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2 is as 80s as it comes, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that... They reshot half of it, didn't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. To, to make it more make Elm it more, Street. More like yeah. a Nightmare on Elm Street type film, yeah. type sequel. Because I think it came out just after Elm Street 3, did yeah. it? And, um, and you can see it's just all that kind of stuff where Which black pools turn into swimming pools and things like that. It's, it's great. Yeah. Like all that kind of stuff. The only bit that I could remember from my first watch was the, the locker room kill. Yeah, that was the it's, only bit I could remember as well. Insanely good. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. Yeah, that's and I, it, it's so good. That locker kill is so good that I had totally forgotten that uh, Mary Lou, or the girl she's possessing, is complete but I I had not scene. forgotten that at all. It was imprinted on my consciousness, I think. It was it was great watching it as a teenager. Uh, really enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> Still enjoy it. Well I don't understand. It. Wasn't it wasn't it shot as not a prom night sequel? Yeah. 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 And yet it's set at Hamilton High, which is the name of the first I think yeah. it's just one of many one of references. Yeah, it's it references just, just so many other things that I think maybe yeah, it was just coincidental because there's even a line from it, the thing about um, it's not who you go with, it's who takes yeah. you home or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but like there are loads of things. So many like all the characters are called like Mr. Romero and Mr. Carpenter and Mr. Craven and stuff. So it's yeah. referencing so many things. I think maybe it's just happened to be there. It's really ahead of its time. Like, it really the, is. The postmodern like elements of it. Yeah. So after prom night, we got the uh, whole slew, obviously, of eighties school slashers. Um, you want to pick a couple of those? Any, any favourites to pick out? One I really like is uh, Cutting Class with you know Brad Pitt, Jill Sholin. Yeah, eighty nine. More comedic than uh, most slashers, I guess. Um, I think Jill Sholin's brilliant in it. Um, she she carries she carries the whole film. Also, uh, Night Night School from eighty one, aka Terrorize. Oh, that's good. That yeah. One? Yeah. Kind of a American Jallo when you think about it. Yeah, that was really cool. Very uh, stylish. It's Rachel Wright, isn't it? Rachel Ward? Rachel Ward, Ward? yes. Yeah. Rachel Wright is someone I work with. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel Ward. Uh, yeah, she's uh, well, she's no actress, is she? But, um, no. But, <laughs> but I really like that scene in the diner where you know that the yes. severed head is going to be discovered yeah. at some point. Somewhere, and yeah. It, the suspense in that is brilliant. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is. It's good. When he gets a huge clump of hair in soup, oh, that was so gross. Also, the knife, the the blade that is used to kill all the people in it is great. Yeah, it's a really nice shiny. Yeah, I'm surprised blade. it wasn't used more, like in in other movies. It's so cool. 
CJ, do you have any favourites? Well, Wacko, obviously, is oh, yeah. the ultimate school slasher. It is so, <laughs> so funny and so well observed. You know what, CJ? One day we'll get on to doing horror spoofs and you can talk about Wacko all you like. <laughs> but Wacko, Wacko is, is obviously a flawless spoof, but I think it also just works really well as a school slasher. Like It's as good as Prom Night in that it hits every single beat at the same point that, that Prom Night does. It's just got this very exaggerated uh, Zucker Brothers style humour um, but I just I just think it's so funny like it's just a really funny movie the Lawnmower Killer is is the best of all the slashes is the weapon a lawnmower yeah the yes. Lawnmower Killer he uh, yeah he... <laughs> I'm not even going to start or I'll just be quoting dialogue from it all, all day I've watched it like literally about 30 times if not more in, in my life I just can always go back and it makes me smile uh, my favourite is Pieces the <laughs> Spanish film um, which is, is very very similar to Bloody Moon in the, in the way that I love how stupid it is and it is just relentlessly stupid <laughs> it's just the fucking daftest thing it looked, it, uh, do you think that was supposed to be a comedy as well because there's enough things in it like the appearance of Bruce Lee and, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. and fucking smoking and smoking joints and fucking on a waterbed. Um, Holly, you went to school in America. Was there generally a waterbed in the gym? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. No. That was in the disco room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The disco bungalow. <laughs> um, CJ and Sarah, you both rewatched pieces, didn't you, for this? Yeah. yeah. And Sarah? Not <laughs> What's for me. not to like about pieces? It's so funny. I, I didn't find it funny. I just found it to be like what people imagine horror films to be when they tell me they don't like horror films. Just like, oh, it's just some vaguely sexist bullshit about someone slashing up girls. You're like, right. yes, it is. <laughs> yes, but it's so much fun. <laughs> so much I didn't. Fun. I didn't find it fun. It's not my sense of fun. Sorry. The ending is so much fun, though. Like the surprise and bastard. That's the funnest part. The chainsaw through the flesh. Oh man, you don't get chainsaw kills like that in close up. Um, it's got. It's got uh, that brilliant sinister gardener. Love him. <laughs> uh, it's. Oh, that's uh, Paul Smith, isn't it? Who plays it is Paul the, Smith. Yeah, who's wicked. Um, the uh, fashion designer. No. <laughs> no, the big bear-like guy. I mean, it's got it's got things like uh, I love when <laughs> when a body's found by the swimming pool, all chopped up with a bloody chainsaw <laughs> next to it. And <laughs> is it the police ask a professor? Yeah. Uh, in your in your professional opinion, do you think this weapon was used to chop up this woman? <laughs> and he says. He says, well, it could be, or something very much like it. <laughs> I think I think he touches it first, just to make yes. sure. Like, gets his yes. fingerprints all over it and goes, oh, yeah, I think so. I think he sort of hovers his hand over it, and then they go, don't touch it, and get your fingerprints on it, and then he grabs it, and he's like, oh, sorry. You're like, what? I, I think the problem with pieces uh, might be that we, we rewatched it in uh, Spanish, rather than the English oh, dub and the yeah, English dub miss... makes it really much stupider uh, and I think yeah. when you've not got that stupidity and certainly when you've not got a crowd of like minded people you do suddenly realise how little there is in pieces to, to make it feel fun like <laughs> I don't know it, okay my uh, question but... for you CJ is does she yell bastard a bunch of times in it's Spanish bestia <laughs> bestia <laughs> bestia <laughs> It's not. It's not the same. 
Um, it's not, it's not. And yeah, you do kind of realise that it is just a bunch of naked women being sawn up and it feels... Well, I mean, that's the motivation of the killer. He was, like, warped as a child. I'm not a massive fan of this genre because I think it, there's too much focus in the sort of build-ups on, like, just teen romance stuff, <coughs> which, um, I mean, CJ and Sarah, you love teen romance movies. I love, love teen romance, <laughs> but the bit yeah. I hate about School Slashes is the build-up where they're walking through corridors for ages. Mm. I hate that. It's so boring. Just somebody walking down a corridor being you know stalked by someone with a knife for 10 minutes and then I, I don't know that's that's my biggest problem with slashes uh, in general is the suspense bit the slashing is fine but the the stalking not so much also I, I find it hard to kind of believe that fraternity and sorority culture is as wild in America as the films make out like surely surely people don't put on house parties and like have a band playing on stage and uh you would be surprised i mean it's it's where all the rich kids go they have to pay to be members of fraternities and sororities and it's usually you know people who whose father and their father and their father have all been members they're silver spoon kids so a lot of them can afford this Mm. sort of stuff and atrocious things happen in fraternities and sororities all the time there's lots of date rape there's deaths with hazing so i i sort of understand why they place so many slashers in sororities and fraternities because there's also that like secrecy to it and ritual and and it's something that not a lot of people in american culture are privy to we we don't know exactly what goes on there but we usually just kind of assume that maybe it's a little bit sinister yeah i mean i literally just googled death at frat house and there's a whole list of like it they just go on and on Mm -hmm. and on so you know it happens so not too far-fetched of course of course one of the um things that does work about school slashes is that there's a lot of scope for gratuitous locker room nudity (laughs) yeah so that works for me (laughs) (laughs) so that works for me (laughs) uh talking of um sororities though (laughs) house on sorority row holly you wanted to talk about that um yeah I love that movie. I think it's not just great because it's an interesting slasher, but it's very technically well-made. It's a beautiful film, and it has one of the best scores of um, Richard Band. It's easily his best. And <coughs> Reanimator. No. Mm. No. House and Sorority Rose <laughs> better. The score for Reanimator is just uh, ripped from Psycho. Oh, yeah. Still awesome, and, and I think it's it's more important in House on Sorority Row as well because it plays into the whole Jack in the Box that mm-hmm. keeps the. Yeah. I don't I don't want to spoil anything, but has anybody else seen it? I don't really. Yes, but I, I get it confused with Sorority House Massacre, and I find them totally I, different. Both quite <laughs> quite forgettable films. I think but, you should watch House on Sorority Row again. Yeah, it's Sorority House Massacre is the one where they accidentally kill the house mother, isn't it? No, that's no. House on Sorority Row. Oh, right, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's fine. I, I sort of enjoyed watching it, but then forgot about it as soon as it had finished. House on Sorority Row, no love interests, no teen romance kind of. Oh, boring. Yeah. I, no. no, I agree. I think I think it's uh, uh, a cut above. It's very yeah. kind of uh, classy, elegant, decent acting, you know, not too over the top or cheesy or silly. Played fairly straight with some good kills and great you know, surprise at the end. Well, we've been talking about all 80s slashes, really. Um, there have been a few in more recent years. Um, a couple of British ones, Expelled and Tormented, I both like 
Um, there's Cry Wolf, which um, was Holly's low light of the month. Should we talk about Cry Wolf? No. Not really. I don't think so. <laughs> it's not even really a slasher, you know. Spoiler, yeah. it's not a slasher. It's fucking pranks. It should have been called pranks. But I think this could bring us on to pranks, which shouldn't have been called pranks, because there's no. only one prank where someone puts a toy spider in some scrambled eggs, and that is not even a fucking good prank. That is shit. All right, let's listen to the trailer. It's time for a crash course in terror at the dorm that dripped blood. Oh, great. What's wrong? The phone's dead. Did you hear anything up on the roof? thing you'll learn is how to die. A university building is about to be renovated, so a small group of people stay behind at the start of the holidays to clear the place out. But someone wants them dead. Holly, this was your choice. I really like this movie. I don't think it's one of the best 80s slashers, but I think it's pretty good for what it is, which is essentially a student film. This is the start of uh, Christopher Young, who did the score. He went on to do the score for Hellraiser, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Tales from the Hood. Um, it's the start for directors Jeffrey Obrow and Stephen Carpenter, who would go on to do more lower-budget horror films, The Power, and then eventually The Kindred, which is sort of like a Lovecraftian horror, which is also very good. I think that's their best. Pranks is good, but The Kindred is their best. And it was made for $40,000 on weekends, mostly, you know, over a year or two. And it's not bad for a student film. I don't think it deserves a 4.9 out of 10 average rating on IMDb and, what is it, 2.8 on Letterboxd. It's not that bad. Uh, we <laughs> watched it again with the commentary today, and CJ mentioned that it, it's a lot of walking through corridors, and uh, Jeffrey Obrow actually said, watching this again 28 years later, I wish I could cut down all of the walking. There's so much walking. <laughs> but it was cheap. It was something that they could film for free to sort of pad it out a little bit. But it has great kill scenes. I mean, like, really good. The guy who did the FX, I can't remember his name, but he went on to win an Oscar for Bram Stoker's Dracula in 92. And it has a very interesting killer. I think it's better on rewatch when you watch it for a second time because you know the entire time who the killer is. And I think it has one of the best endings. I love the ending. It's cruel and bleak and interesting. It surprised me to find out that it's a, it was a student film because it doesn't look any worse than you know, you know, most kind of low-budget slashers of the, of the era. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely fucking hated it the first time I saw it, but I wonder how much of that was because I watched, um, well, didn't see the uncut version, which only recently came, well, fairly recently came out on Blu-ray, um, and because it was a shitty VHS from Vipco, but I found it incredibly, incredibly boring. I was not looking forward to rewatching <laughs> it for this, but actually, it's fine. It's I think it's as good as you know, 
as good as Friday the 13th, by which I mean I think it's fine. Yeah. I don't think Friday the 13th is an amazing film, but I think it's on a par with that and other kind of... I think it's just a decent, average, averagely good slasher, um, personally. Sarah? I mean... I feel like there's no point in me saying anything because as we've established I just hate the genre so I'm just like yeah didn't like it <laughs> um CJ um yeah I mean I I thought it was terrible uh I didn't know while watching it that it was a student film but I I think that explains a lot of the, the flaws and you know fair play they they, yeah. they did a good job um for for what it is it was shot on a 40,000 budget but it's the kind of thing that you wish they could have just showed it to someone and gone, this is what we can do, and then made a proper film, because this just didn't feel like one. Most of it was, as Holly's already said, walking through corridors in the dark. Um, <laughs> there wasn't really much of a plot. I think the first 20 minutes were kind of interesting, establishing this setting of a dorm that they were clearing out. I think that, that was quite an eerie setting. Uh, and obviously we got Daphne Zuniga in those first 20 minutes which was nice because she's dreamy uh but then as soon as she got killed uh it just it that's when it just became walking through corridors until that very bizarre ending which i can see holly's point that it is it is quite daring and strange um and that you don't usually see an ending like that in a slasher film but at the same time uh, i'm not sure i'm not sure it works for me i just uh, i don't think i was primed uh for it to end that way so it just felt a bit bleak in the bad way let's let's go through the body count, body count, body count. one that first guy at the start who we don't know anything about him and he's in the just outside and is gets his thumb cut off it's <laughs> 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 good effect though yeah the, the the effects were really good yeah i can only imagine the reason that that was that exists that bit apart from to you know give us a bit of a kill from the off is just to show off that really good hand being cut up special effects. It's nice to have a kill before the opening title as well. Oh yeah, obviously it's just Never part hurts. of the formula, isn't it? And the special effects guy says that he didn't actually build any any props, any bits for the film. He just had a bag of body parts mm-hmm. and like, well, we'll use that, we'll use that. Yeah, wow. He didn't have much money to work with at all. And and he did an amazing job with what he had. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, def- yeah. definitely worth seeing the uncut version. Yeah, the gore is very good. Yeah, it's a shame that they cut out so much um, for the initial release, and that's probably why it's got such bad, bad reputation. This film, because when you see it with all the gore, I think it's good. Two. Uh, so the next victim is Debbie's dad. More spoilers, obviously, on this bit. Um, and he's beaten with that spiked bat, yes. the baseball bat with all the nails in it. That's probably good. second best kill of the movie, I would say. Yeah. Very brutal. Yeah, like, you, you do go, whoa, mm-hmm. this means business when that happens. In the cut in, version, with, he only gets hit oh. once. Yeah. yeah, I could have done with more brutality, to be honest. I'd like to see his face all mashed up. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's particularly sad, that death, because he really is just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, yeah. you know. And it's the first of three to happen in quick succession as well. Three. Because then you get Debbie's mum, who gets garroted in the car. And then... Four. Debbie herself, who gets run over. Alas, poor Debbie. Alas, poor Debbie. She is nice, isn't she? She's she's really good in the initiation. Then uh, we've got five. Bill, the janitor, who gets the <laughs> drill in the back of his head. That's good. Another good one. So good. Uh, and then we get the first of these actual people who are sticking around to help clear the place out, which is Brian. Six. And he gets chopped up with a big knife. And 
we know he gets chopped up because we see his body in all different parts later, <laughs> which is good. Then seven. We get Patty, who's boiled in what is it, like a pressure cooker or a vat or something? I, in the I'm not exactly sure what that is. Something in the kitchen. Uh, actually, I'd forgotten about the spider, the spider in the egg, because there is another prank, which is uh, where Craig makes some animal noises. That's his prank. So, <laughs> this is why he called it pranks. Plural. I don't even, yeah, yeah, there you go. There's your multiple pranks. Then we get uh, John Hemmett, who's the weirdo. Eight. The sinister weirdo who sort of hangs around the place uh, looking through windows and having stupid hair. And uh, he seems to die by being lightly tapped with a baseball bat. Not very brutal, that one. I don't really know how he's going to be killed. Um, Saying about John Hemmett, that character, did you notice there's a bit where Joanne, no, sorry, Patty, talks about her ex-boyfriend, John, and I don't know if that's like a deliberate red herring. You're supposed to think that her ex-boyfriend is this weird bloke who's hanging out. I don't know. I don't think that was intentional, but like Richard said earlier, there's there's a little too much red herring going on, so much so that you know that he's a red herring. He's a red-headed herring as well. (laughs) So do you think think the the screenwriters just couldn't think of another name? Maybe. (laughs) Nine. Uh, Bobby Lee is next. He's just shot by cops because they think he's the killer. Bobby Lee, I think, is the character that um, gives the film a bit of a boost for me because that scene where he's doing the 2am booty call (laughs) uh, in front of his girlfriend, it's just so so weird. It It doesn't really fit. That scene was added later. Because they needed nudity to get distributed. Yeah, it feels it. It feels like it is. But I think Cliff it's... needed nudity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, they added that scene. There's something about there's something quite real about that scene. There's something about that character. I think it's a better developed character than anyone else in the film. I think it's and if it feels real, a lot of it's just because it all looks so grimy. I guess because it's so cheap, but and, and because the acting style is quite loose as well there is a, I, didn't, I don't uh, think the acting's bad in that at all well we're up to nine in the body count which was what bloody moon managed so this one's dubious though ten joanne is uh the last victim but we it's implied isn't it we don't actually see her die but she probably dies yeah it's uh, i think she, it's she, pretty she, definitely she she, yeah she dies yeah and the reason is because um, she rejected Craig's advances. And that's why you don't like it, CJ, because it's his name, right? Craig? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. theory. <laughs> or, as would say, or as Holly would say, there's no porn connection in this one. <laughs> <laughs> no porn connection. There, no, I don't, I don't think there is. Well, you would know. I think, uh, <laughs> I think, I think we, should, we should probably cut this section <laughs> we, we haven't esta- we haven't established in previous episodes that you're a porn expert i'm not a porn expert this happened once one, one conversation where i mentioned something about uh, a cinematographer who's shot some porn who also shot a horror film and i i really like porn stars who've gone on to do non-porn things is just a, a fascination with me I think it it's okay to like porn CJ it, it's okay it's <laughs> it's, it's po- post-porn post-porn that's what okay. I like <laughs> what is that is that the sort of porn you have to get before the internet <laughs> postal porn <laughs> it was always first class mate first class me <laughs> <laughs> No, we can't cut that bit now. Yeah, cut the whole thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we have now established <laughs> that you're a born expert. <laughs> <It's> staying in. 
Right, that is um, uh, school slashes covered then, I guess. So let's play Scary Noises. Oh, God. Hopefully everyone knows the rules by now. 12 films to identify from audio clips in pairs of two, obviously, because that's what pair is. Here's your first pair of scary noises. According to Shakespeare, there was something operating in nature. Perhaps there's something... Oh, Richard, rock. Richard. Uh, <clears throat> the music is bad taste. It is bad taste. Well done. Did you get the dialogue? No, Okay, so you throw it over to CJ and Sarah. The dialogue. According to Shakespeare, there was something... Operating in nature. Perhaps oh. inside human nature. CJ? Shit, no. Uh, I'm, I'm on the wrong I'm on the wrong month. I was gonna say wild beasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still in Animals Attack, sorry. That is Lynn Shay in the classroom scene in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, <sighs> I knew it oh yeah, I knew it. Shame on us all. Alright, here's the second one. You get my message. Jesus, yes, that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Who was that? <laughs> the music is April Fool- April Fool's Day. Slaughter High, man. Uh, yeah, oh, Slaughter High! high yeah. oh, Slaughter yeah. High, but also April Fool's Day. Uh, it's also known as April Fool's Day. Did you get the dialogue? I didn't even hear it. I just heard the music freaked out. <laughs> um, CJ and Sarah, then. Did you get my message? Jesus, yes, that was hilarious. That was you, wasn't it? Yeah, naturally. Bateman killing Alan and the escort girls. That's fabulous. That's rich. What exactly do you mean? The message you left. By the way, Davis, how's Cynthia? You're still seeing her, right? Wait, how? What do you mean? Oh, excuse me. Nothing. It's good to see you. No. Dialogue was from American Psycho. So that's 2 0 to Holly and Richard. Here's the third one. So. Several students have been shot and kidnapped in a brown van. You've got to get out here. It's happening. Yeah, Richard. Is the dialogue final exam? Final exam. Yes. Did you get the music? No. Nope. All right, hit the music again, CJ and Sarah. So, Linton, several students have been shot and kidnapped in a brown van. You've got to get out here. It's happening. The psychopaths are here. <laughs> It's something Italian. It's going to be yeah. fucking beyond is, or something. Is it the, that's not the beyond. Is, is it the church? No, it's the remake of Maniac. Oh, wow. fuck! Wow, yeah. <laughs> I should okay. totally have got that. One of that. the best scores ever. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's 3-0 to, to Hollywood. It's going to be 6-0. It's going to be yeah. at least 6-0. <laughs> Two girls talk about love, marriage, babies. You know, life is wonderful, cracking the metal hole. Set it in the locker room shower so they're naked. Holy. Pieces is the dialogue? No. no it's not. No? Nope. I don't know. And the music's uh, something really obvious as well that I'm going to kick Yeah, The music's an American werewolf in London. Yeah. Uh, Wow. I'm shit at film scores. I think yeah, I need to like same. listen to some film scores before <laughs> next month. <laughs> and the dialogue's from Return to Horror High. Uh, Is it? Here's the fifth one. Richard. The dialogue is uh, Anthropophagus. Yep. Of course. Yeah. Did you get the music? Yeah. Was it Prime Night 2? 
Nope. CJ and Sarah for the music. The music is... Oh. oh, I know what the music is. God damn it. Yes. I know what it is now. Yeah. God. Bloody Moon. Go for it. I... It is Bloody Moon, yeah. Oh. The Shake, shake, shake Your Baby, baby song. <laughs> the shake Your Baby song, yes. <laughs> uh, and here's the final pair then. It's 4-0. So there's no way to catch up, CJ and Sarah. But uh, it's 4-0 to hold him, Richard. And here's the, here's the last one. I know the music, but I can't. I can't place it. I just heard the word quarterback over and over again. It's a quarterback. <laughs> a quarterback. Pull to pack. Pull to pack. A what? Is the dialogue pull to pack? What? It's the driller killer. Oh. Pull to pack. What was the music from? Pieces. Pieces. Oh. Jesus. I knew them. I we should have watched Pieces again, Richard. <clears throat> we did. I think we did. And also, what? you put music from like my favorite film of all time, and I didn't recognize it. So I think it's time for me to admit I'm never going to be any good at this game. <laughs> like, I just don't listen to the music in films. I just don't. <laughs> well, you guys watched uh, the Spanish version of Pieces. Doesn't it have different music? Uh, I don't think that bit would be different because that's the music that plays over the tannoy. Yeah, okay. that's the bit that plays over the tannoy when when they're in fact they're fumbling around um, with the music. Yeah. And um, while we were out here fumbling with that music, the lousy <laughs> bastard was in there killing her. Bastard! 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 Classic. Uh, that was scary noises. <laughs> the bell is for my benefit, not yours, so stay seated until I say you can leave. Uh, right, so we've had some feedback from last month. Michael O'May says that he loves the show, but the, my, my soft voice is hard to hear at times, which I don't think anyone's ever said I've got a soft voice in my life, so, you know, it's all right. I'll try and make sure my volume's a bit higher this time. Please leave your messages at iTunes, SoundCloud, letterbox.com slash DX5, or find us on Facebook and Twitter. And Gavin Rye got in touch on Letterbox to say that he's enjoying the podcast a lot, but has noticed that Sarah hasn't really liked any of the films we've discussed. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? This episode didn't help. Discharged. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know. I saw that comment and was like, oh, this isn't going to go well. Yeah, well, next month, Sarah gets to choose the theme and the second feature. So what theme have you gone for, Sarah? Oh, I like you've handed this to me because we didn't settle on a name for this. Uh, so I have gone for the new trend of extra scary supernatural films. I'm just looking at Cliff, hoping he's going to help me out, but he's not. Supernatural. <laughs> we new need to name these. Supernatural. We need to name it. I'm not calling it Nupernatural. Nupernatural. I like, I like the new scary. I like the new scary, like yeah. We're calling it the new, new scary or new, new, new <laughs> <laughs> We 
There must be a name for these sort of films. You know the sort there of things. It's uh, like a, a sinister and the Conjuring and insidious films like that. They must have a name for that subgenre. If you know what it is, please get in touch and tell us what it is. Or if you think of a good name for it, so that we've got a title for our next episode. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that's what we're doing next month. Those sort of films. Sarah's uh, feature for it. You have picked what? I have picked Paranormal Activity Three because I'm a sadist. Oh. <laughs> No, because I really love Paranormal Activity 3 and I thought it'd be too obvious to pick Paranormal Activity. So So join us next month when we will be discussing uh, those films that we don't really have a title for um, with Paranormal Activity 3 and our other feature will be Annabelle. My Annabelle. (laughs) So that's all from us this time. (laughs) Thanks for listening and we'll see you in April.